come on, you didn't doubt it, did you? You did. You did doubt that Evgeny Malkin was going to stay. Good morning to you. Good, very, very good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Close to midnight last night, the Penguins and their generational superstar, Evgeny Malkin, signed a four-year contract that'll pay Gino $6.1 million in average annual value. It's done. It's, it's over. There's no suspense, at least not related to him leading into today's NHL free agency opening, and that, of course, is at noon. For those of you who wanted this to happen, and the sense that I get was that this was the overwhelming majority, breathe, breathe, he's staying. And also, a big, big piece of Pittsburgh sports history is staying. Can I make my own confession here? I've got a couple of them for you this morning. One is this. Yes, the reason that you do this deal, the reason that you keep this player is for the future. You keep him so that the final three years of Sidney Crosby's contract can come with maximum impact. And because there was not... Contrary to some popular mythology, a player to replace Malkin, not internally, not externally, certainly not within this team's cap constrictions. If you feel that this team had another option at second line center that was better, cheaper, same price or whatever, do me a favor and name that player. While I wait, meaning for all eternity, I'll just proceed here to confess that, yeah, I mean, it is it is about the past. Look, it, it's how do I put this? I, I, I didn't feel too comfortable getting into this very much in advance because it, there was so much distorting it seemed of what this was going to be about, that it was going to be all sentimentality and keep the gang together and don't try to change things after four straight first-round flops and whatever else. Everything that I said about what he means moving forward applies. He's a point-of-game player. These, These guys don't grow on trees. He's an elite power play performer. He's one of the best overall players in the game's history okay those just aren't everywhere and they aren't vince trocheck he does things that other humans have been unable to do in the sport of ice hockey but it did it, it you also over the last 24 to 48 hours as the deadline's coming whether you believed Everyone else out there that was reporting doom or gloom or whether you, you know, listened to this show yesterday and I was basing my information on real sources, 
you were probably getting really, really nervous and upset and picturing Gino in some other uniform. Like, I don't know, as a Washington Capitol or a Florida Panther because his family has a residence down there or something. It, it just wasn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to be something that would have been easily swallowed, if ever. Even if it was only going to be for another two, three years for some other team. It was just always going to leave that same blah feeling that you had when you saw Marc-Andre Fleury put on that Vegas sweater for the first time. And, you know, worse. Because this player's meant much, much more to this franchise than Flower ever could have. And it was going to be rotten. And it was going to be something of a stain on those involved. Meaning right now with this management team. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. I'm not going to get into hypothetically burying Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and Tom Werner and Fenway Sports Group and everybody else who might or might not have almost blown this. I'm certainly not going to get into burying Gino or his agent, J.P. Berry, for their own role in extending this thing to the last minute. What matters is that it got done. What matters is that Gino's staying where he needed to stay on so many levels. I've been reporting, both with the written word and right here on this podcast, for weeks now, weeks, that this was going to get done. And the main reason I've been reporting that, I would hope this is obvious, is that I had sources very, very strongly suggesting that it would get done. But within that, those sources expressed an eagerness to get it done. And now I'm talking about purely from the team standpoint. They wanted to bring back Gino. The only way this wasn't going to work itself out is if they didn't want to, because we all knew that he did. But they, again referencing Hextall and Burke, needed to make all of the contracts work in a way that Gino wasn't going to get what Latang got. He wasn't going to get what Brian Rust got. He wasn't going to get even what Ricard Raquel got because he couldn't, because he's 35 years old and he's got more of an injury history, recent injury history, than the rest of them. And the Penguins couldn't put themselves in a spot where everybody got a six-year contract because that is a great way to really damage your franchise's future. And with new ownership at hand, and this is, I'm sure, where FSG came in, they weren't about to take the the Jim Rutherford route and say, who cares, right? I'm not going to be around. What's the difference? They are going to be around. So there was... 
if not a hesitation, because as you can't call it a hesitation because they definitely wanted Gino back, but more of a realization that it just couldn't be all these six-year contracts. They wanted him. They wanted him. A source of mine in Montreal sat with me at a local coffee shop there and talked a lot about how much Gino has meant to the team the organization and the city in the past tense and everything. But every time he'd do that, he'd come back with, but we need this guy. Like, we need him now. And then he'd run through the list of candidates that were on the inside, candidates on the outside, and just laugh at it. They're none of these guys. None of them. None of them. <laughs> Is Evgeny Malkin. We don't just want him back. We need him back. And as for Gino. If you ever doubted for a split second that he'd want to stay in Pittsburgh, in this city, with that captain, with that core, and that opportunity to have continued success in a singularly based legacy, oh, well, you know, spend the next four years learning a little bit more about Evgeny Malkin when we come back, J1Q. And today's J1Q comes from Mike Loftus, who says, Dan, I'm just curious, you seemed moderately certain that Gino would return amongst all of the media noise. Why? Well, there's a lot of different ways to answer this, Mike. The first of them is what you referred to as the media noise is not something that I tune into. Uh, I mean, there's reports and so forth that you have to track by virtue of covering the teams that you cover. But when you're talking about media noise in the hockey world, hockey's got a different definition of that. Um, how do I put this nicely? Hockey fans are easily sold on really loose information more than any other sport that I cover. Okay, take that in the gentle, loving way it's intended. But man, you can sell a lot of hockey fans on a lot of crap that's unsubstantiated really, really easily. I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if that's a Canadian thing that worked its way into the American system. I, I have no idea, really. I, and I've thought about it a lot, and I just don't get it. And I just don't – I have way too much of my own work to do to be worried about other work that's happening somewhere else. So what I do and what the staff does at DK Pittsburgh Sports is you, know, you just kind of keep your eyes on your own paper. And do your own work. Do your own diligence. Call people. Text them. DM them on Twitter. Whatever it is that it takes, contact them. Let them know that you're interested. Let them know that you're eager for information, whether it's on or off the record. Most of it, of course, is off the record. That can be frustrating at times. You won't get calls back when you want them. You won't get messages back when you want them. But you keep working. You keep plugging away at it. In Montreal, I had a pretty nice, how do I put this, payday, okay? And that was a handful of days ago 
but it gave me a vivid, detailed, inside look at what the Penguins were thinking about a lot of different guys. And that's why I can sit at my keyboard and share information in confidence and come to you on this podcast and tell you, as I did, they really want to keep Ricard Raquel. No one had even been talking about Raquel at all. He just popped up a couple nights ago. I told you that they very much wanted to get this guy in the fold, and they felt they could do it based on how he had already become attached to the Penguins in the short period that he played. So when I share that, it sounds like, whoa, he's making a prediction. That's not a prediction. I'm just telling you what they're thinking, what they're saying. And as I reported from Montreal, again, both with the written and spoken word, they really thought this was going to get done. They really felt that it would. That doesn't mean there weren't any bumps along the way. That doesn't mean there wasn't some, you know, back and forth, disappointment, gamesmanship. When I was telling you on yesterday's show that I believed that this would get done, and I was the only person, I think, on the planet saying it, much less with the confident tone that I was speaking, it's because I've covered a lot of these negotiations. And as I shared with you yesterday, very, very, very rarely do you see one where both sides want to make something happen and then don't. Those are not the normal circumstances. We'll find out a lot more about this in the days to come as far as how it actually uh, unfolded and how the Penguins made their final approach to Barry, how Barry communicated with Gino, all that stuff. But the one constant was that all of them, all of them wanted to get it done. And it did. And it is truly in the city of Pittsburgh a great day for hockey. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. 